Amen. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're kind of moving through, getting to the armaments on the armor of God. This is the eighth week in our series. I want to talk to you briefly today about the most important weapon in the armor, the most important weapon. Uh, this is the eighth week, and I, I sub subtitled this, The Most Important Weapon. Maybe you can help me out with this hair back here. This is not uh, graduating the slides. Thank you. <clears throat> Text Ephesians 6.12, Ephesians 6.12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And we talked about that last week. I have another text, Ephesians 6, going down, verse 14. Ephesians 6, 14. You're going to have to help me with these slides. For some reason, this isn't working. Thank you. Stand, therefore. Someone shall stand. Stand. Having fastened on the belt of truth. How many actually wear belts? Don't raise your hand on that. We have the untucked look today, isn't that right? No, hardly anyone wears belts. Because why? Just get tired your pants, amen? You don't have to, but, but, but a lot of people still wear belts. And uh, actually, I actually wore one today because I don't normally wear it, but these are a little bit loose, these pants. It's probably because I'm losing weight. I'm a midsection, but, but so, so I, I put a belt on and for illustrative purposes, but, but, but we're going to talk about the belt of truth. And we said this, though, by quickly way of recap. We talked about how that this Greek word wrestle is the word palastra, and it's a natural picture of the church, the local church spiritually, and that, how that, that in the palastra there was all Everything that the athlete needed to, to train, to overcome, and, and to prevail in the ring was in the palastra. It was in that place of training and, and how God is using this as a, a picture of the local church where it should be your local church where you grow spiritually, where you understand and discern the word of God, where you come together corporately, we worship, where, where you don't fly in and fly out, amen, where people know you and you, and you grow your faith. Can I get an Amen. And so, so, so that's what that's about, uh, 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 this picture uh, that the scripture is, um, uh, uh, so moving on to the next uh, slide here, um, we talked last week that uh, we said this, that uh, at some point, at some point in our Christian experience, you're going to come into direct contract with evil forces. And that's a fact. That's a fact in spiritual warfare. In other words, a face-to-face an eyeball to eyeball, head on, shoulder to shoulder confrontation. I remember I shared this before. Uh, we took a lot of teams to New Orleans Mardi Gras, and uh, we were witnessing. It was the last uh, day just before. It was actually, I think it was Fat Tuesday, and uh, everything goes crazy wild then at that time. And actually, I saw some pictures from this year. Nobody was out in the streets. <laughs> place was place was empty. Uh, but typically, it's packed packed with people. And I remember. I remember this guy who was a veteran, and you could tell there was some, some mental health issues. I was sharing with him, and, and uh, just standing there, and all of a sudden, he pulls out a butterfly knife, and he holds it to me like that. And so, I, in that moment, you know, I'm just thinking, okay, what's the next move here, you know? And, and I just began to just, call, just declare Jesus, Jesus that moment, and he just, he put his knife away, he walked away, and I just thought, you know what? Came face to face with evil right there. How many hear what I'm saying? And, and so there was evil intentions, and and uh, but 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 in our in our life, and it may not be anything like that to that level or extreme, but but we're going to have oppression. There are going to be times that we're going to come face to face with uh, uh, and shoulder to shoulder. 
shoulder with evil forces. How many with me say amen? And so uh, my next text, Ephesians 6, 10, verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Stand, the belt of truth. The Bible talks about us to be strong in the Lord. For sake of time, I'm not going to read all those verses. And so, so Paul says, having your loins girt about with truth, with truth. To stand actually in the Greek means to stand upright. It means to stand upright. It's the image, watch this, of one who is so confident that he is holding his head up high and his shoulders thrown back. So I want you to get that picture. And that's what Paul is saying there with that word. And so the Holy Spirit is actually painting a picture for us here that when you have the armor of God, when you're donned with the full armor of God, you have every reason, watch this, to stand upright, amen, and to be confident. Somebody shout confident. That was pretty weak. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty weak, Angie. Angie even knows. See, you know, your competency will take you only as far as your character can sustain you. Confidence. Confidence. And, you know, your character really implodes suddenly. It's a slow erosion. That's how the enemy works. He slowly erodes away. It's not a quick checkmate. It's a, it's a game that he plays to slowly erode our, our character. And, and so we'll, I want to just touch on something here on this point about being able to stand upright. Uh, sin robs us of our confidence in God. Amen. I mean, what's the first thing that happened when Adam and Eve sinned? They hid. They went find some leaves, try to cover themselves. Who told them they needed to do that? And so sin does that. First John chapter 3, uh, verse 22 uh, 20 and 22, it says, even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. Thank God for that. Amen. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, what? We have confidence before God. So many Christians, their confidence is robbed. It's robbed. And Satan uses that. He steals our confidence. Ephesians 4.30 actually talks about that we should not grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not. It actually means in the present tense. So when he's saying that, it's saying that don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, not yesterday, now, in this moment, and, and as you continue on. And, and, and it's actually it's talking about where believers, we can cause pain. We can cause grief, watch this, distress to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? You can cause, I can cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved in your life. By our actions. That may be new for some of you, but that's what the scriptures talks about. And so we know that the practice, hear me, the practice of sin is not the normal lifestyle for believers. Can I get an amen? amen. But, but, you know, we know we stumble. We know we fall. And thanks be to God that we have grace and forgiveness and that, that but not as an excuse for sin, but to how we can grow stronger in the Lord and grow deeper and sinless. That's a good word, right? Sinless. <laughs> That's, I want that, amen? Sinless in our lives. And so sin, it robs us of our ability to understand spiritual truth. Did you know that? So you may be listening to the preacher talking, but your mind is somewhere else right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's going on for lunch? See, we got tonight, you know, this week or whatever. Just get, get, get through this service. And, and, and sin, it robs us from understanding spiritual truth. It clouds our minds. So all you hear from the pulpit is, Wah, 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 wah. 
Come on, somebody. Just keep looking straight. Say, amen. Amen. That's not me. Praise the Lord. That's not me today. <clears throat> it robs us. It robs and it clouds us. And we just like, I don't know. I don't get anything out of that. I don't know. Well, let, let, let's get a reality check on what's going on spiritually with you. Amen. amen. How many still love me this morning? Amen. But we should love Jesus more. Amen. Yeah. Yes, amen. <laughs> but this is the truth. It does. I know it in my own life. And say, so why? Because it's, it's the Holy Spirit, watch this, that helps us understand the will of God. See, a lot of people, they think, you know, God, they think of God, they think of Jesus and other, but this whole Holy Spirit thing, I, am, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't quite understand it. And, and people have sp spoken disparity uh, against the Holy Spirit. That's wrong. I said, that's wrong. You may not understand it. You may not understand it's his workings, but he is, you know, part of the Trinity. God the Father, right. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you think of Genesis 1-1, it says, in the Spirit of God moved on the face of the earth. There he is right there. He's moving. And the Spirit is always a moving spirit. So if there's things you don't understand, do not be the first in line to be the critical voice in that situation. Step back and go, you know what? I may not understand. I may not have that experience and, and, or, or that, but, but I'm not going to be critical. <laughs> Amen? Why? Because the Bible says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. It actually means to put out, to stop, to extinguish. It actually means I suppress, or watch this, I thwart. You know, sadly, there's some churches that just, we're not having any of that in here. We're not having any of that, you know, Holy Spirit thing. Well, okay, this is what this Bible is saying. It actually means do not stifle the Holy Spirit. How? By, it goes on to say that by his operations in, in oral testimony and, and the prophetic and, and all of that in, in the movings of the Spirit in the church. Actually, to quench means to throw a wet blanket. <laughs> That's what it means. Ice that thing. I don't understand it, so we're just going to ice it. Or we're just not going to address those things that are in the Bible that talk about the Spirit and the move of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. We're just not going to address them because we're gonna, there's other things we like. Amen? There's certain scriptures. Oh, come on. <laughs> and so sin can quench. Sin can quench. And so that whole point is our confidence. We're standing with the armor of God. We should have confidence and confidence. So you need to, we need to be aware. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? We need to be conscientious and aware that sin wants to rob your confidence. How many get that? Say amen. Real simple. Now, let's continue. The loin bell. The loin bell. This bell uh, in Ephesians 6, 14 says, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt of truth. You know, I initially thought that the belt was one part of the armor that was beautiful. Um, uh, like other, other armaments and pieces that we'll talk about. I mean, the helmet is a, was a beautiful, actually, it was a weapon. Uh, the shield, the breastplate, they were all ornate. They, they had uh, carvings and designs. They were elaborate. Uh, uh, it they were beautiful armaments, but <clears throat> the loin belt, watch this, was the ugliest, most boring, <laughs> least noticeable piece of armor the Roman soldier War. Now, if you're going to describe a man's clothing, uh, unless you're from Texas, you don't look at the belt. Amen? You know, I ever see a Texas guy with that belt buckle is big. Hi, y'all. Okay, I see your buckle. <laughs> Nothing, no, no judgment there. <laughs> some of them are beautiful, and some of them are quite ornate. Okay? But the point is, is you don't hardly see a belt. Isn't that right? 
it's just it's hidden, or most of the time, especially if it's uh, you know the untucked look, and uh, you you know you, you don't look at that. Even if you look at his maybe his shoes, or his tie, or maybe the shirt, or you know, the watch, or whatever. You know, you look at those things, but you don't look at the belt. But here's the thing: the belt seems to be an insignificant, drab, nasty-looking thing until you take it off, right? What happens if you take your belt off and you need that belt on? Well, you find out how important that belt really is. How many with me? And so, so if you take it off, you know, you might lose your pants. You know, kind of, I, I can't stand, uh, so I have a belt on and I'm not taking it off because I don't want to be pulling up my pants. But for illustration purposes here this morning, uh, how many of you wear pants that they're just, it's just, they're loose? And you said, I wish I had my belt on today. Well, that's what it's like. That's what it's like. And so uh, uh, let me just say this. We fall apart when we take off our belt. Can you add that screen there? Thank you. Did you guys get that screen? Thank you. Spiritually speaking, we fall apart when we don't have our belt on. We fall apart when we don't have our belt on. Why? You walk around stumbling, trying to pull up your pants. Uh, you don't want to make any fast moves. You want to do anything quickly. And this is actually what the loin belt of truth did uh, to, to the Roman soldier. It held all the pieces of the armor, too, together. And it was said that actually the loin belt was the most vital part of all the weaponry of the Roman soldier. Uh, only soldiers were allowed to wear that kind of belt. And, and one, one note I have here that says that, that uh, uh, they, many of them even wore them, even when they didn't have their armor on, they still wore it because they actually they've excavated and found a lot of these belts still intact, and they were laced, many of them, with kind of like ribbons or gold, and they, and they had probably to identify certain rank that, that uh, the Roman soldier had. And so, so even without his armor, he still would have his belt on. He still walked around with his belt. And it's a spiritual picture here. It's kind of like a, a status symbol for them. And the thing about it is, is, is that the belt held everything together. There, there was a place for his sword. There was a place for uh, the lance could lean up against it, his shield. Uh, it actually caused the breastplate to be tucked in tight, that belted. It had a purpose for that, snapping, snapping it together. And, um, you know, like a police officer today, an officer has a belt, and they may have mace. They, you know, carrying his holster for his pistol and his handcuffs in the back and other things that, that they need to have. Very similar to that. That's how important it was to the Roman soldier in that belt, even though it was drab looking. It's kind of boring. It wasn't ornate. And so here's a very interesting point. How many know that the majority of our spiritual armor is invisible? How many have ever seen the... The, the breastplate of righteousness. I haven't, right? How many have ever seen that, that, you know, that shield of faith? We see the results of people that walk in faith or that sword uh, of the spirit. But, but the belt of truth, you, you know, you, you, you don't, you, most of this armament you can't see. But the belt of truth, actually, God has allowed one piece of the spiritual armor to come from the supernatural realm, from the invisible realm of the spirit realm of God, where God exists, to pierce through, to come into our hand physically. And that's the word of God. 
the belt of truth. How many with me say amen? amen? So the word of God is the belt of truth. It is the written word of God. It's the only spiritual weapon that is taken on a physical, natural form, and it is passed through the spirit realm into our realm. Somebody say amen to that. So there is a piece of the armor that you could talk about when you talk about the armor of God with your kids and say, hey, these shoes of peace, we can't see these things, but we can see, we can touch that belt. It's the belt of truth. How many with me say amen? And so, and so the belt of truth, God's word, is the most important piece of weaponry that we possess. And, and here's the thing, that, that, that what's interesting is that that belt is what? It is tied into the center of us. You know, right? It holds the, the middle of us. It holds the, our center together. It holds everything. He, so what is the Holy Spirit trying to say? He's making a point that, that the thing that is in the middle of the person is the thing that's most important to that person, right? It's most important. So the question this morning is, what's at the center of your life? <laughs> Someone mentioned at the marriage conference, you know, just look at your debit card and your expenses in over the last year or two. Amen, amen. What's at the center? Um, mm, I don't want anyone to look at that. What's at the center? You know, look over, look over. How you spend your money. You know, these are possible indicators. Yes, obviously, there's the necessities of life and things you have to, but but you know what? What is at the center of your life? Is that belt at the center? And here's the thing, when we take that belt off, our lives fall apart. They fall apart. And that sometimes is a slow process. You can right now be hearing, listening to the word of God even being preached this morning, but, 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 but you're in your heart, Satan has got your heart and that belt is, you're not putting that belt on. And you walk out and you don't live out what you hear in the teaching and the truth of God's word. And so, so when we, we ignore the word of God, and we cease to apply that his tr- the truth of God's word to our life. And, and I would encourage us, even on a daily basis, to draw near. What happens is we have willfully, watch us, chosen to let our entire spiritual lives come apart at the seam. That's what happens. You say, how do you know this? Because in times of crisis, you can tell the people that have put the belt on and kept it on. They may be going through hell, but they are carried through. They they may feel like they're falling apart and the ground has opened up, but they have not. And you look and you go, wow, God is carrying them through. Others, they just seem like they just, they fall apart. They fall apart at the seams. Uh, Next verse, Hebrews 12, uh, uh, 1 and 2 says this. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And it says this, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. God's word upholds you. God's word will uphold your family. You may be having a difficult time. You may have a son or a daughter that's wayward. God's word upholds your family. I'm constantly hearing stories of, uh, you know, uh, situations of people maybe have fallen and, and are not wholeheartedly serving the Lord. And then I hear an, an encounter, a son or a daughter or a family member, and they come back to God. 
Stay steady in the word of God. How many with me say amen? Stay steady. Colossians 1.17 tells us that he is before all things, and by him all things are held together. That's Christ. Acts 17.20 says that in him we live, talking about Christ, and move and have our being. It's, it's God's, not only God is holding us together physically, Colossians talks about, but spiritually and, and even structurally, that belt of truth is so important in our lives lives. Can you say amen? Now, let me just get into something here very quickly before we conclude. I want to just talk to you quickly between the difference between the meaning of the words logos and rhema, and it's tied into the belt of truth here. There is the logos, which is the written word of God. That's right here. So can we shout logos? It means word. It's actually in the Greek. It's, it's the, it is the written word of God. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the logos, the written word of God. You know, this just didn't originate 2,000 years ago. This was in the beginning. God's word, God's word in the beginning. The word was with God. We talked about that last week, prose, face to face, in the word was God. That's, that's one word in the Greek. The second one is, would be the word rhema. Someone shout rhema. And that is the spoken word of God. So you can find a verse, I don't encourage you to do this, and go, oh God, this is my word today. And Judas went out and hung himself. See, you don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, right here, I just put, you are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I command you. That's a good word. So I read John chapter 15, verse 14. I just pointed to that today. I don't encourage you to do that. It could be dangerous. But the point is, is that I've, I read the logos of God, but, I, but then I also, I spoke it. So a lot of you, you're reading the Word of God, but God is saying, it's time for you to start speaking the Word of God. Oh, that's for somebody here this morning. You got a lot of Word in you, but you're not speaking the Word. See, nothing happened in the beginning until God spoke. Had all this power, had all this ability, all this might, almighty God, nothing happened until it said, and God said. Hey, what happened to Jesus when he was tempted? Some of you, you're tormented and you're tempted and you just go around and inside you're agonizing, you keep stumbling, come on, you keep falling. But when do you open your mouth and go, devil, get off of my life in Jesus' name. I speak, see, Jesus did that. When the enemy came in, Satan himself, and what did he do? He said, it is what? Logos, but I'm going to speak the word in this situation. Some of you need to speak it. You need to speak the word. I really feel God on that here. I'm going to say, you need to speak God's word. And we have, a lot hasn't been taught on that. Or if it has, there's a whole fringe, you know, in the word of faith. And I grew up in that. But I learned a lot from that, from the word of faith. And that was one thing. Rhema, speak the word of God in a situation. There is times that my wife and I, and in and, 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 and difficult seasons with just situations, whether it had been church or even family, I'm like, we got to get some scriptures to speak in this situation. Right? It's, it's, all, it's, it's powerful that it's there as the logos, but it's not going to be activated. It's not going to come to, you know, you're not going to see anything happen unless you speak that. And that's what the enemy wants to restrict when we talked about confidence in God. If he can steal your confidence, the last thing you're going to do is be confident. You're not going to speak squat, nothing. You're not going to say nothing, right? Because you're just, I'm just, I'm under it. I'm under it. You're ducking and hiding. and You have no confidence because your confidence is robbed and Satan's laughing. But you really are a powerful weapon when you open your mouth and speak. 
God's word in that situation. Things you don't like, the way they're going, find a word and say, Lord, now I'm going to declare and speak that into this situation. No, in Jesus' name, this is going to happen. You know what? We're going to declare they're going to serve the Lord. They're going to follow God. You know what? Right now they may not be following God, but you know what? The spirit of adoption, I release the angels in that situation. They come to, to fruition. They come to Christ. Can I get an amen? And so, so the rhema is the spoken. It actually means any spoken word, the word of God. You know, when Jesus said to Peter, come out of the boat, was Peter able to walk on water? Yes. Why? Because it was a word that God spoke and Peter stepped out on that rhema. When God gives you a rhema, a word for you, and that comes alive in a season, you know what? And some of you think, how does that, what does that mean? You're digging in. You're, you are on a steady diet of the logos, so you're on a steady diet of the logos, and there's a lot of downloads going in your spirit, man or woman. And so when that rhema is needed, and you're just reading it, it could be in the book of Numbers, and God can give you something amazing like in, for your moment. I, I'm, I'm, that's why I, just, I, I, I know how important it is to stay steady in the word of God, however that works for you, whatever time that works for you, no judgment on that. But here's the thing, today, if you get anything today, you need the belt of truth in your life. Okay? It, 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 because the power is in the logos being spoken through rhema. How many with me say amen? And so Jesus did that. Matthew 4, it is written, it is written, and he spoke the logos of God, which was rhema. And so, so here's the thing. We need the written word of God as our, the logos, as our foundation. But we also need, hear me, the spoken word of God, the rhema, for direction for your life. Should I marry this person? Oh, he, you know, he just seems fine. She just seems amazing. You don't know nothing about them when you first get married. Come on, for those of you who've been married, married over some years, you don't know. You don't know what's in their life. You think you do. But you, you, need, you need direction, and that's where we need the rhema of God that he can speak in your spirit. We have the written word of God to stand on, amen? But we have rhema, the spoken word, so we know what to do, where to go. I'm amazed at how people, they make decisions just on the fly in the natural well, I've done this before, this works, whatever, and I'm going to do this and that. And you know what? Yeah, there's a, there's a natural understanding. The Bible talks of wisdom that's earthly, but then there's a wisdom from above. Amen? And so I want heavenly wisdom, because heavenly wisdom many times is in stark contrast to earthly wisdom. Well, I've done this. This works. I know this. Well, you don't know that, 100%. How many with me say amen? <laughs> I'm going to wrap things up. So, so we need that, that rhema. So, and that comes through saturating our spirit men and women in the logos, in the logos. Amen? And so when the, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you as you're, you know, absorbing the rhema of God, he quickens maybe a scripture verse to you, gives you a direction. Uh, you know, people, uh, well, I think I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go do that, or I'm going to quit this job, I'm going to marry him or her, and, and uh, you know, or we're going to move, we're going to sell our house, and we're going to make a lot of money, because the market's hot right now. Well, you may be sitting out in the tent, you know, because there's not a house for you, you know, who knows? And that decision may not turn out good, and the next thing is, why, God? Come on, somebody. Why, God? We're blaming him for foolish decisions we made by not having a raiment of God. You're awfully quiet this morning here. 
here's the thing. Now watch this. <clears throat> you may not always receive a rhema. People that walk around say, I got a rhema every day. Okay, praise the Lord. I don't get rhemas every day. I just study. I read. I get up. I brush my teeth probably way too many times in one day. And how many here I'm saying, you know, just live life normally. You know what I mean? I just normally go about, you know. And, but then there are times I, this word, rhema will speak. And, and, and I can share that. And it's something God does in and through my life. Amen? <clears throat> and so... Um, and so the question is, what place does God word, God's word have in your life? What, where, where is it? Where is it? I'm just, I want this moment to sink in. I'm going to get around to it. Where is the place of God's word in your life? Pastor, I don't understand. It's confusing. Vows and these. Don't read King James then. Get a message Bible. Get something easier. Living Bible. Get something you're going to stand. Ah, it's hard for me to read. I'm just really anxious. Get it, the Word of God, you know, on cassette or something. You know, get, get the Word in you. I'll be with me. Say amen. <clears throat> and so, so this, we know that this was a very drab, uh, from a Roman soul standpoint, drab looking, and it was commonplace. It was, uh, every soldier had one of these old looking things. And you know what? And sadly, Many professing Christians, they view their Bibles that way, that same way. There's Bibles everywhere. You know, now there's Bible apps, you know, and you can download different kind of Bible apps. And, but, but, you know, these Bibles everywhere. Some of them have, like, you go and they have this big, huge, honking, who would even carry it, Bible. And it's the family Bible that's been passed down. And it's, if you start opening it, gold's popping from the pages because it's never been opened. That's nice. <laughs> Do you have a Bible you can mark up? Amen. Do you have something that, you know, you get stuff in it, underline that? That's how you, you have, a, you need a Bible that you can kind of work. Amen? Are you all with me this morning? <laughs> so, so, you know, don't, you know, toss it aside. Let it lay around. And, you know, what happens when we do that, uh, uh, you know, we, you know, the enemy comes in and I don't know. Because what happens is when you don't have, watch, it's a steady diet of the logos. Then when you're in crisis mode, come on, somebody. Crisis mode, the first thing you want to go to is, you know, God Google or God duck, duck, go, or something. You know what I mean? Where, you know, that, that's where my answer is. And because I need an answer now. And then someone's trying to share with you that, no, no, wait a minute. How, how much of the word have you put in you to understand, to discern right and wrong in this situation? I don't need that. I don't need, I don't need that. And what happens is when you lay your Bible, that loin belt of truth aside, and in time, you lose your sense of righteousness. Lay that Bible aside, and you slowly begin to lose your sense of peace. Amen. Lay that Bible down and you feel the, the joy of your salvation. It begins to deplete. You toss that loin belt truth out of your life and very quickly you begin to lose your ability to, to believe and to walk in faith and you don't have the vocabulary of one of speaking the truth of God's word. How many with me say amen? Stand with me if you would, please. Now watch this. We cannot, absolutely cannot, that may not be proper English, but this is how I typed it out. We absolutely cannot function as Christians without the Word of God having an active and central role in our lives. This is not a beat-you-up service, uh, you know, make you feel condemned or anything like that. This is an encouragement to begin today. <laughs> to begin today. I gave a challenge a few years ago, and, and uh, I was encouraged because I've heard testimony. And I've said that, you know, for some of you, uh, the challenge is you've never read the Bible from cover to cover. 
I'm not asking anyone to raise their hand on that, but just let that mull over. I mean, think about it. You're a Christian your whole life, professing Christian, right? And you've never read the Bible and you get to heaven. I wonder if there's elementary school in heaven. <laughs> you're sitting there. You know those little yeah. kids' chairs in the kids' church? They're real little and you're an adult in heaven. Where you're like, hey, this is so-and-so, you know? And, 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 and you're just like, what are you doing? I'm trying to get to the Bible that they didn't on earth. <laughs> and I would imagine they preach a lot longer than I do in heaven. <laughs> I'm being facetious. But the truth of the matter is, is make that a commitment before you die. Amen? <laughs> Just make it a commitment. You say, well, I already did once. Get a different version. Get, I, I go through different versions. Weymouth's translation, Amplified translation. I'm on the Patriot Bible right now. Just different, different things. God brings out different things. Just get a different translation. You finished it. Just keep going. Amen? And so what happens is you say, Pastor Mike, if I don't I miss it today, you know, is that a mortal sin or vital sin? No. You know what? You, you can run for a while without reading your Bible and, you know, but you kind of lose steam. Kind of lose steam. And you're not going to move ahead spiritually. You're going to get stuck. And it's just a matter of time before we fall to pieces. Every head bow, please. This morning, the one thing I feel the Spirit of God is if the, I could use the word just declaring trying to get across to each and every one of us. It's just get into the routine, the habit of God's word in our life. Hey, you missed it. You didn't read whatever. Don't don't get under condemnation. Just, okay, I just recognize I need to kind of get back and get back. No judgment there. God's not mad or angry. He just knows that he said, I, I give it, gave you one of the spiritual armor from heaven, it passed through into the, from the spirit realm into the natural realm. And now you have a piece of the spiritual armament that holds everything together. All those wonderful other pieces that are shiny and powerful and demonstrative. This one's drab. This one is not ornate. It's easy to toss aside. But when you do that, everything falls apart. Every head bowed as a pastor, I've, I've really not even taken the first step of committing my life to Christ. I mean, I believe in God, but I've never really truly surrendered my life to Him. The Bible says, now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. I would like to pray for us all here corporately, those that are watching online, maybe on channel 181 and television, that, that if you haven't made that commitment for Christ in your life, repented of your sin, Today is a great day. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to get right with God today. I want to begin afresh and anew today. I want to get that logos in my life so that I can receive that rhema and speak the word of God. If that's you. If you're sincere, let's pray corporately. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, Come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, we want to help you on your journey. We want to help you grow spiritually. We have information for you to help you on that spiritual journey because uh, we need God's word, but we also need each other and we need the local church and we need the, the people of God to help us on our journey. Amen.